Could you speak on some of the issues undocumented residents are having with COVID testing or vaccine distribution? Well, there's a um, few issues um, that we're seeing, you know, some challenges. Um, one thing that we need to recognize, right, that this particular population always fear is something that they live in every single day. So, and there's like mistrust with the system. Um, we're being seen that um, being as a challenge, right? So when people trying to find um, opportunities for um, testing, sometimes um, they're hesitating whether they should go or not, or uh, if they're gonna get in trouble. Right now with, with the testing, we're being encouraging public health uh, to make it more um, accessible to them, like places where they trust and where they can go. Uh, we're being advocating for language access as well. Uh, so people feel comfortable to get their information in their language that they speak, either in Spanish or those that speak an indigenous language that so they also feel comfortable to ask and understand more about the virus. What does that mean and why the importance of testing um, with vaccine right now, one thing we've been dealing is that there are some places where they're being asked for ID and or um, to do online registration, uh, asking for email account, um, or that they are asking for the last digit of the social security number, or they ask for um, proof of health insurance which often undocumented population, um, vulnerable population, they don't necessarily have those information. And that causes a lot of like barriers for them to access the either vaccine or accessing the um, COVID testing. So we need to recognize, right, that the fear is there. And just before the coronavirus, you know, um, situation, we were dealing a lot about um, public charge situations to undocumented people. So people are still trying to process that. What does that mean? Um, they're still questioning whether if they get any of these resources, if public charge will apply for their cases. So that's a lot of uh, education and outreach that has been done, but still people has a lot of questions in regards to that as well. So I, I read a story on The Independent about a 92-year-old undocumented woman um, being turned down after she couldn't present a photo ID for the vaccine. Is there anywhere residents can go if they're denied the vaccine? Is there anything they can do after that? One thing I strongly keep recommending, you know, our communities is to reach out to those community-based organizations that they trust. Um, there are quite a few of them in uh, Santa Barbara County uh, we are um, in the city of Santa Maria, for example, they, uh, those that they speak Mixteco or Zapoteco and indigenous languages, farm workers, they can reach out to us and, and just like inform us. Uh, and that way we, we know about these cases and we can keep, you know, reaching out to our network, um, having conversations with public health uh, directly and trying to like make them aware that administrators be aware of these challenges and that how that is impacting it, our communities and how that kind of practices is not helping. Fortunately, I have seen um, openness and willingness um, from the public health and, you know, um, the system and providers to 
listen to these type of concerns and and find other ways how they can best address it. Um, it should not be happening, right? But if people don't report it and people don't reach out, uh, like in this case, I think it's being, it's being like a very uh, helpful and important that advocacy is being done around this case and how this case has been an example of practices that creates barriers and it doesn't help. So I know that um, probably right now it's not the best um, situations or best solution, best solutions, but at least that case has been heard and they're having conversations how to solve that situation. Um, in our cases, we're trying to see if um, we can provide some type of ID to our uh, communities, like indigenous communities that unfortunately, unfortunately they're not being able to get any type of ID, either the matricula consular or a California ID or a driver license. And we're trying to also talk to the um, administrators from public health if that will be an acceptable ID for to identify the person, right? Because we need to recognize one thing. The other one thing that uh, our communities go through and like sometimes the lack of this type of documentation is real. Uh, not that they don't want, it's just because unfortunately they were not able to bring their um, basic uh, documents when uh, they were coming uh, to this country. Um, if they go to the, like the Mexican consulate, for example, and they don't have like two types of IDs that it requires in order for them to get their matricula consular, they will not get the matricula consular and that person will not have any type of ID and they will have any real problems. So we're trying to find ways how we as organization can help them as well. Can you talk about some of the ways uh, that you and your organization are um, trying to address the barriers? We do a lot of our PSAs, doing a lot of outreach and education, um, recording these PSAs in, in indigenous languages, building a strong network with other CBOs, being part of the tax force in Santa Barbara County where often uh, public health director is present and doing some updates and taking the opportunity to also like give feedback or why, what we're hearing, what some of the barriers that we're hearing from our communities. Sometimes we are playing a role of a bridge between what we see in our communities and what um, is important for public health in this case or the county to know about our, our, our communities. We have um, a team of outreach workers there, case workers um, providing this information, but also want to be innovative and, and creative like what I just mentioned to you. If we can provide some types of um, uh, ID card for our members um, at no cost, and, um, but also we want to make sure that um, that will be acceptable, right? Um, and, and that's some, something that we need. We're still trying to figure it out and see if we can provide that to our, our communities and if that will be a, um, a, an acceptable ID um, for them to, to carry with them. We also tend to advocate for what we think will work better in, in terms to create more equity on the distribution of vaccines for example, we're advocating for these vaccines to be provided the nearest place where workers or our population knows, like either if it's like in the parking lot of CBOs where people already go, 
or if the employers or companies will be, um, you know, um, okay to support public health on bringing this type of like mobile clinic, for example, with vaccines at their workplace. Um, we wanna also to like see if, if companies, and we're working with agriculture and workers mostly. So we want to make sure that companies are more um, understand, uh, understanding on with their workers if they get a vaccine and if they somehow they get some kind of like symptoms or some kind of a, um, uh, uncomfortable, you know, feelings because of the vaccines, uh, that the workers, that the employers are flexible and allowing that workers to stay home one day and pay them for that day, right? As a, as a sick pay day benefit stuff. Um, because a lot of us, we don't know how people will react to those vaccines. There are people that have reported that they have no reactions and there are people that they do have some reactions. So we want to be like kindness, kind and, and supportive to those people, right? And how can we help them? All right. Well, those were all my questions for you. Thank you for, for sharing all that with me and, and clarifying those things. Um, is there anything else you would like to add or talk about? No, I, I, um, I think that um, there is one thing that we need to keep working on, and that is like uh, making sure our people are having access to vaccine in an equitable way. We know there is some data there that, you know, uh, the white population has been having more, that percentage of them having higher, you know, access than, you know, um, communities of colors. So that's some of the discussion that we're trying to have. How can we change that, 